Hey everyone and welcome to this sponsored podcast from Ossert's 2014 conference. All of our coverage from Ossert 2014 is brought to you by three terrific sponsors, Datacom TSS, Arbor Networks and FireEye. Big, big thanks to all of those sponsors for helping us put together this podcast series. And as a part of their sponsorships, we publish a handful of sponsor podcasts where we speak to people from the sponsoring vendors. And in this interview, we're chatting with Mark Eisenbarth, Arbor Networks, architect and manager of research for its security engineering and response team, otherwise known as ACERT. Arbor is, you would have to say, the undisputed leader in DDoS prevention and mitigation technology. So I got Mark on the line and asked him for his thoughts on the wave of NTP reflection attacks that rolled over the internet earlier this year. Did they come out of nowhere? Here's Mark Eisenbach. Um, I would say no. I mean, we saw we saw some, you know, pretty low low scale attacks, um, you know, over the years. So it's something that has kind of been back there, um, you know. And, and the same thing with the DDA, uh, DNS amplification attacks. Um, you know, we didn't really see malware start to leverage them until recently. Uh, I think the first um, example we saw was about a year ago, sort of in the Russian DDoS scene. And uh, you know, I think you know we're looking at about a year to year and a half kind of time between when some of these attacks become kind of theoretical and they get picked up by, you know, the DDoS, you know, DDoS actors. So um, if that time scale's right, you know, all the um, press that we've gotten over SNMP, Chargen, um, and some of these other reflection amplification factors, I think, you know, we'll probably, you know, here in the next six months see them to be picked up more by the underground. So, um, you know, that, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I think, I, uh, you know, we saw enough of it to, to say, hey, look, you know, this is going on. And then all of a sudden, just a huge explosion, um, you know, once things started um, seeing proof of concepts, you know, security in industry kind of, you know, uh, started discussing it a bit. And then all of a sudden, I mean, just some really fantastic attacks. So <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I remember it was about four years ago that, um, that H.D. Moore actually published some work saying, you know, with the NTP stuff going, you know, this could be a problem. So, I think, you know, for it to really hit the mainstream among the underground, it, it, it did take some time. I got to ask, though, as like someone who works, um, you know, in a senior position for a DDoS mitigation company, there must have been a part of you that was like watching NTP Geddon just thinking, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, part of what we saw that, that was really interesting for me was just um, just the sheer uh, volume of the attacks and you know, the number of machines that were involved in the attacks. And I mean, you know, I think these, these, the uh, actors really caught on quick and they knew that they could make a very um, large impact. Um, uh, um, anecdote that comes up related to um, other attacks was the, uh, you know, the financial DDoS attacks of last year. And uh, we started seeing um, some really interesting things in terms of what the attackers figured out, um, kind of being able to pick up some really interesting collateral damage to their attacks. Um, things like, you know, DNS servers and infrastructure um, that were actually able to take down, you know, some VoIP systems and things that we don't think they really thought they were really going after. And so we've seen the same thing with the NTP attacks. We're starting to see, you know, some, the collateral damage actually getting more and more interesting and, you know, trying to figure out, hey, are the bad guys realizing what they're doing here or are they just sort of stumble upon, mm. uh, stumble upon this sort of... Uh, aftermath so um well i mean one aspect that i found particularly interesting was it seemed like when there was that that first ntp amplification attack that picked up all the headlines the one that affected europe uh and as soon as those headlines popped up i think a lot of people realized that if you were going to use your ntp amplification attack 
um, do it now because everybody's going to jump on this bandwagon and people are going to start locking down their NTP servers. So do it now. So we just saw like this crazy month where everybody, every man and his dog was launching an NTP amplification attack. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of what happened? I think so. I mean, I think um, so leveraging Atlas, which is essentially a sort sort of uh, visibility, uh, global visibility. It's hard to tell the difference between folks going out and doing scans to actually sort of understand the you know posture of the Internet and actually bad guys looking to you know dynamically build reflector list. Right. Um, and we actually saw a, a really good spike right around that time of, you know, scanning um, and then, you know, moving past those attacks, that kind of kept up, right? And so it's difficult to figure out, hey, look, you know, who exactly is doing this? What's the rationale behind it? But um, we saw a pretty, pretty solid um, um, uptick then. And then, like you said, they just took off for that yeah. period of time. Uh, and, um, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of 2020's hindsight, right? I mean, it, you know, looking back, we saw the telltale signs. We saw the same signs we saw with the DNS um, amplification stuff and things that were, you know, starting getting to worry about S and, SNMP and some of these other, uh, you know, ChairGen we mentioned earlier. I mean, starting to see some of the, you know, interesting things that could happen because of those as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just on the SNMP thing, are you actually seeing many people, you know, scanning and like preparing reflector lists or, you know, maybe doing research or, you know, are you noticing those scans pop up um, in a similar yeah, way that how they did with NTP? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it, again, it's difficult to tell if people are sort of uh, understanding what the impact is or if there's people building up lists. Um, you know, um, going back to drawing the parallel with the DNS stuff, um, you know, once we saw the first um, underground uh, sort of resurgence of those tools, they actually had uh, malware that was, you know, um, you know, nice GUIs, you know, very polished tools. Um, the first one we saw, we were actually alerted um, by um, the Russian uh, telecommunications, uh, uh, you know, networks, um, and they actually had some really cool code. And that was the first time that we really saw that start to be weaponized to where it was kind of point and point and shoot, you know, yeah. automatic automatically building up lists, et cetera. Um, I haven't seen that yet for the NTP stuff. A lot of that's kind of standalone tools that people have sort of scripted together. Um, but I think we'll start to see that start to mature a, a bit more. Oh, it's um, interesting, then, isn't it? It's like the, the, the industrialization, pro the R&D process for the underground. Because, you know, the DNS stuff, that has been around for an awfully, awfully long time. Yeah. So we see, um, you know, the Internet trends and, you know, a lot of what we get back from our Atlas sensors are interesting. You know, but our job really is to start to look at malware as it comes in and understand sort of its capabilities, how it can be used, et cetera. So, you know, the DNS amplification stuff and it, as well with the NTP stuff, um, you know, we haven't really seen it in, in malware. We haven't really seen control panels and toolkits, you know, leveraging. So once we started seeing it, we were like, hey, man. This is starting to get real. Yeah, um, this is going to be a problem, right? So, yeah, so do you do, would you expect that? I mean, I've been talking about SNMP. You mentioned some other sort of protocol or service that might uh, be vulnerable. What is that? Ch charging or something? Yeah, so charging the old, the old, you know, well, the old Unix uh, command of you know however many years ago um, actually has some interesting amplification attack um, multiplications. Um, we actually went and did a study on. And, and what um, is that? What what uh, protocol or, or service is that command for? It's the it's actually the uh, the charge in service. So um, um, you know back um, basically I, I'm trying to remember back when it was early '80s, but it's essentially the character generation protocol, right? Oh, so, right, yeah, uh, got it. Yeah, UDP 19, right? So um, 
Yeah, so um, you know, we actually did some statistics, um, and you know, I'm glad to refer you guys to the full write-up. But of all of these UDP-based protocols, because um, we're actually lo- we're actually looking um, to build um, um, some services around uh, you know product services that actually have the ability to tell legitimate clients from sort of these uh, you know uh, malicious controlled hosts or these botted hosts, and um, um, you know, you could think of it kind of like a Turing test, right? Um, something that said you know requires some knowledge um, of how the client's working and to basically to basically try to figure out, hey, look, is this a botted host? Is this just a, a script dumping bits on the wire or is this some, you know, a, a legitimate client? So we actually started looking through all the UDP protocols and trying to develop some mitigations for these attacks and uh, um, charging ones that one that came up that had a decent amplification factor um, that that, again, could be very well used. Um, you know, uh, we started ramping up our uh, scanning infrastructure to start to look and understand how how vulnerable the internet is to some of these protocols. So it's actually been a really great study. Um, you know, I've learned a lot. I think a lot. The awareness in general is, um, you know, understanding, you know, how to mitigate these. You know, uh, you know, we, sh- we there's a number. I mean, essentially, the problem here is, you know, internet spoofing. Right? Is yeah. A big problem. Well, I mean, so if everyone was doing their ingress and egress filtering, right, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, yeah. So the BCPs that have been published on those are essentially what needs to be implemented. But, you know, there's huge, uh, you know, there's a huge education issue, right? So, yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, the internet, and that, the internet has a way to protect itself from these. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, the rise of cloud computing, you know, folks, you know, spinning up instances with, you know, all kinds of open uh Open ports. I mean, in terms of what we see for botnets going after, it's no longer your mom's PC anymore, you know, because they can get a cloud instance, you know, with a gigabit of bandwidth um, that, you know, is essentially full of holes or things they can exploit. Um, yeah. How sweet is that, right? So, well, and know. there's people springing up all sorts of awful, awful default installations of, you know, vulnerable operating systems with bad services and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it did take four years, right, between the time that the concerns were first raised uh, in a serious way about NTP amplification. Uh, you know, we're talking about SNMP and it's just funny when you've been talking, I've been reading about this uh, charging service. Yeah, great. Let's just connect to it and it spits out characters. What could possibly go wrong? Um, that's, a, that's an awesome idea. Uh, how realistic do you think it is that uh, we're going to see widespread exploitation of these types of reflection uh, re- reflection attacks? And, and what sort of timeline do you think it's going to be on? Um, I think I think it, it is happening, um, and it will happen in, in, in uh, higher volume. Um, what sort of time frame? And it's a great question. I mean, you know, um, Arbor's been sort of getting the word out and talking about this, and you know, um, our, our customers are you know the most of the ISPs where they you know this becomes a real problem when they're you know transiting this sort of traffic, um, and so you know. Um, I think, you know, six months is probably a good window. I mean, honestly, um, you know, it just takes one or two proof of concepts out there, um, you know, slightly off topic, but we see the layer seven more application stuff like these WordPress and Facebook amplifier type of tax. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. covered that Facebook amplification one, which is, yeah, if you're hosting a big PDF or whatever, they can just get their, um, their preview yeah. bots to like just completely smash it. Yeah. So, so you know, these type of things are gaining awareness. Um, you know, they're, the attackers are realizing that they're fairly simple to implement, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I mean, the same things we see on botnets. I mean, botnets basically build a, you know, it's basically a copy and paste culture that we're trying to get around mm. here. And, you know, attackers basically, once it gets, comp, you know, added to some piece of code, um, you know, it, it circulates and the, you know, attackers have, you know, um, basically ripped that code off and all of a sudden it's in another bot and, you know, the very entry is extremely low. 
Well, I mean, that's kind of almost what makes it less of an entrenched problem, isn't it? Because as soon as it hits those sort of great big shared code bases, all of a sudden it's everywhere, uh, you know, and that gives people a motivation to actually lock down their services and, you know, really reduce the impact of the issue. It's like lancing a boil. We've got to wait for it to actually turn into a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, from our perspective, you know, looking at what bots, um, so we've, you know, obviously DDoS bots are not old. Um, You know, we have a very strong heritage in the sort of Russian and Chinese uh, DDoS bot, um, you know, capabilities. And, you know, there we see lots of broken attacks. Um, So, you know, the classic like uh, Rudy attacks or, you know, the Apache um, memory exhaustion attacks, you know, we see plenty of bots still today where those attacks are broken. They don't work. Like they don't understand quite how they work. So one of the issues that we've seen is, you know, these, they have this dead code that doesn't quite work. It just sort of languishes around and all of a sudden someone will fix it or we'll see like a leaked builder or a leaked bot, um, what ha- which happens a lot. And then somebody goes out and, um, you know, actually tries to fix. I mean, we've actually gotten interesting comments to some of our blog posts where we talk about how these protocols are broken. Hey, man, thanks for the fix. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, look, actually, on that note, Mark, we're going to have to end it there. Mark Eisenbach, thank you very much for joining us uh, on Risky Business to have a bit of a chat about, uh, you know, reflection attacks in, in DDoS past and present. Uh, it's been very, very interesting to speak with you. Thank you, Patrick. 